This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's good! It's good! It's good! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. We'll take you to the places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, Hakeem drops the ball, turn, picks a flow, and touchdown. Hell is frozen over of the 2022 season. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Oh, baby! Welcome in to Inside Black and Gold. It's week four. We still got back injuries. We still got quarterback questions. We still haven't seen Jameis Winston out at practice, but maybe tomorrow, you know? So we'll find out. I'm Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer. And finally, finally, we get the return of Mr. Steve Geller. I, you've heard enough from me over the last three episodes, but we got in touch with Steve. It's laid out in London. He's staying up. Steve, how's it going? Is, is London everything it's cracked up to be? Yeah, we've been having a great time. A little foggy, rainy in the mornings, typically, which is you know what you think of with London. But uh, the practice sessions might be a little chilly. We've gotten in like the 52, 53 degrees while we're out there in the morning. But it's been it's been quite an interesting scene. We got a little bit of a a hike to get there from the ho- the media hotel to the practice facility is about an hour drive and sometimes you hit traffic which can make things a little more complicated and boy oh boy i'm a new jersey boy been to new york city plenty of times but the traffic and the drivers here i feel are a hundred times more aggressive and crazy there's i can't even look out the window sometimes going to practice now in the city just because 
I think we're going to like scrape up against another car or run over a pedestrian or bike rider. It's definitely interesting being on the other side of the street as well. Doesn't make it any easier, but with all things saints, it's been pretty wild scene out here with the fact that like you mentioned, quarterback one, Jameis Winston has not been on the field. And then suddenly bum, bum, bum. Wait a minute. Who's that guy? Not in a red Jersey. He's in his white Jersey. Number seven, Taysom Hill now also running with the quarterbacks, which was apparently, according to Dennis Allen, always the plan. Okay, before we get into this, I want to set up the second half of this episode. We're going to get into, obviously, Michael Thomas, Jameis Winston, all that, all the health availability stuff. What have we seen from Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill? And then we're going to bring in a special guest from our sister pod, if you will, the Inside Purple and Gold podcast, because those are the Vikings colors, if you didn't know that. And we're going to have Dane Mizutani. He's the co-host of the Inside Purple and Gold podcast. He's also covers the Vikings for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. going to be fun. Stick around for that. But first... It's, it's, it's getting there. Every, every, every day, um, my plan is to, is to get better every, every single day. It's getting there. That's Jameis the other day. I will say, Jameis was asked directly, will you be out there for practice on Thursday? He said... To paraphrase, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's no my plan, right? No gray area. He's no, no. He said no, his no, plan no. My to plan start. was yeah. The plan he was to start right. Definitively, that he would be out there on Thursday. But he also said definitively that it wasn't his choice not to be out there on Wednesday. And I think that's the key thing here, because I don't think it was his choice to not be out there on Thursday either. So I don't blame him when it's when you're when he's you know we hear we expect to see him out there and he's not out there. But I do blame Dennis Allen. Because Dennis also made it sound pretty, pretty confident that he would be out there on Thursday, and he wasn't. And Dennis didn't speak to the media on Thursday, so threw offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael Jr. to the Wolves today. Right, and that's that's what I was about to say. It's like, and and it's made worse by the fact that Dennis doesn't talk on Thursdays because it's coordinator day, so he doesn't go out there and answer for why. Jameis wasn't out there. And I feel bad for Pete because Pete's, you know, this is a guy who doesn't have to talk that much. And all of a sudden it's just like, uh, here's what, and here's what, uh, here's what Pete had to say. I think that uh, they're just making what was the best decision for him today. And then obviously, um, you know, there was a plan last week kind of where he was going to be uh, limited throughout the week. And so we'll just see uh, where we are at tomorrow. But it was just uh, part of the plan as the day, as the uh, day unfolded. As the day unfolded, meaning it wasn't necessarily the plan all week long. Like yeah, I think I think the plan was just kind of um, see where he was at day to day, and then um, see if we could get him out there. When, and so hopefully, uh, you know, that happens tomorrow. Is there? Yeah, I mean, is there a turning point at some point where you, you know you decide who you need to go forward with? Yeah, I think that I think that uh, there's a plan in place. You know, uh, obviously uh, the head coach and trainers have a plan in place, but that you know decision will be made, and, and when it is. Uh, you know, I'll let Dennis make those. You can uh, hear the squirming. It, the thing is, you know, he's in, in a no win situation. The plan and the head coach knows the plan. And yeah, he's in a no win situation there. And, right. and thing is, you know, as a media member, all you can hope for is when you ask a question, you get an answer that you're going to report and is not going to make you look like you don't know what you're talking about. That's the problem when you ask someone directly a question about, is Jameis going to be out there? And they say, yes. And then he's not. And then it's like, well, I look bad. And I say, I, as you know, the Royal, we like, I'm yeah. not there, but like everyone's reporting this and all of a sudden he's not there. And so the media core looks like they got it made a mistake. I'm like, no, no, this is what the coach said. But you know, so the other thing that Pete Carmichael said there that I think is important 
is the plan is still not that much different than it had been the last few weeks. We had James seen Jameis at practice when he was in New Orleans throwing on Wednesdays. Right. He was off. He was essentially off on Wednesdays. He was right. there, but he was limited and he didn't really do much. And then Thursday, he got more involved. And I think Friday is when he really ramped it up. And then obviously they have the walkthrough on Saturday than the game on Sunday. So I think that, you know, based on what Pete's saying, Jameis not being out there today is not a guarantee that he's not starting on Sunday. If he gets out there for practice on Friday, then I think you can still get into that kind of ramp up. But you start to wonder, you know, are you able to get enough prep work in, in meetings, you know, and, and not like, you know, it's not the wide receiver. It's not a running back. It's the quarterback. It's the guy who has to run the offense. Can you do that with only one day of practice and do it at a, at a level that's um, optimal? And I don't know if you can. Yeah, that that's a, a great question right there. And to me too, it's like for if, if it is in fact, you know, Jameis Winston's not going to be ready to go on Sunday when does Andy Dalton need to know that he's that guy that, you know, you're turning to? I know he's he's working with the ones uh, in Wednesday and Thursday so far in London, Taysom Hill running with the, the number two group. But at some point, I feel like, and maybe that is tomorrow, they go, they tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, Andy, we're, we're going with you. But he, he's got to know at some point that he's the guy, right? He can't say Sunday morning, guess what, Andy? You're, you're getting in there. I mean, I think you can, though, because that's kind of Andy's job, right, is to be available when you need him. Ideally, no. Ideally, he would know in advance. And I think he would know a lot earlier than anyone else, you know, at least in the sense of you're not going to give publicly any indicator because yeah. you don't want the Vikings to be able to prepare for either. You know, and I think that's a that's a game in this of like, even if they've already made the decision that Andy Dalton is starting, we're not going to hear that. They're not going to say that. You want the Vikings to have to do as much prep work as possible because that's a that's an advantage the Saints have. When you're dealing with a quarterback injury, one of the only advantages that gives you is uh, illusion, is misdirection, is mystery, where the the other team can't just say, okay, this is this is what we're prepping for, right? You know, if one if the book on Jameis, which I think it is, is we're going to send zero blitzes at him because he doesn't react to it well and he doesn't make the checks, that that's probably not going to be true with Andy Dalton, right? You're he, Andy might not be able to make the throws that Jameis can make, especially downfield. So he's gonna he's not gonna be able to hurt you in that way. But that's gonna be you know whether the Saints are gonna say their our offense isn't gonna change, but it's gonna have to because Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston do not operate the same way. <laughs> um, and what if it, what how about this? What if it's a total smokescreen? And QB number three ends up becoming QB number one. The, the reason I'm going to say no, <laughs> and, and I, I thought about that, but if that was the case, you would have Taysom in a red jersey. Yeah, that's a good point. Like you would. I mean, if Although, you were. Which, if, what's wild, he, he's still limited with a rib injury as well. Yeah, right. Exactly. So if, if you were actually doing that, you would have him in a red jersey. And I, so I think, you know, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't be surprised if you elevate Jake Luton for the game, right? I don't even know if Jay, if Taysom is going to be the back. I feel like if Winston is out, you have to elevate Jake. Probably, yeah. I mean, we don't even know if Jay, if Taysom's healthy enough to play. Um, so, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know if, you know, we you can kind of draw a line from Taysom. I think to some extent, you just need to have two quarterbacks to be able to throw drills. So I don't know how much of this is Taysom actually getting in work to be the backup. 
as it is just like, yeah, I mean, we, we are going to be in situations where we want him to throw or have the option to throw to keep the defense honest. So he needs to at least throw occasionally. He needs to remember how to do it. I thought what was interesting too today, it was kind of amusing. Uh, we had uh, tight end Adam Troutman came to the podium. Taysom comes out of the workout area and smiles at him and goes, tight ends are soft. And I was like, wait a minute, this is coming from the guy that's been banged up all, <laughs> you know, off season basically, and is still nursing a rib injury right now. So, uh, Taysom obviously seems in great spirits, and uh, but uh, yeah, that that question about how healthy he can be heading into this game is huge. Yeah, and you know, you want to talk about someone who might be fine with seeing Andy Dalton out there, might be the guy who's got one target through three weeks. Amen. And right. Here's what Andy. Here's what Adam had to say about the quarterbacks when he was asked today. Yeah, whole quarterback room. We're very confident. Um, if that's the case, um, then you know. We have a lot of confidence in him. He's a guy who's done it for a very long time and has done it at a very, very high level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we have all the confidence in the world in him uh, and Taysom and, you know, everyone else. So, uh, yeah. Whoever's that quarterback, we're confident. And, and it is interesting for Troutman. And I do think to some extent, Jameis does not look to his tight ends. We, you know, it could because... I was wondering early in the season last year why you didn't involve the tight ends. And Adam Troutman was more involved once Trevor Simeon got in there and when Taysom got in there because they throw to tight ends more often. Jameis just doesn't target his tight ends enough. Um, and well, what's Troutman, funny is, like last year, we saw Jawan Johnson involved very early on and then kind of disappeared. And then the last game against Carolina, we didn't we didn't see him at all. Jameis is a guy who likes to throw to wide receivers. I, I don't blame him. The Saints have very good wide receivers. But... It's not a, just a trend at this point. It's it's a clear it's a clear tendency right. is that he does not target his tight ends. And so if you're defense, you see that and you you adjust. You know, that's why Adam Troutman is left running by himself over the middle of the field on a third down and the ball still goes to Jarvis Landry, right? And even if that's the read, that's what happens. And so yeah, that's my issue with Jameis is not about the talent level, it's not about the ability, it's not about his work ethic. It is about the repeated, recognition. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it's that. It's just that, like the mistakes he makes don't get fixed. You see the same things over and over again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, if if you if you make the same one mistake and then you see it and you and you adjust and it's not happening again, that's one thing. If you're constantly seeing zero pressure, zero blitz schemes, and you are not making a check at the line, right? And, and this is something that I looked at today on the the long bomb to Chris Olave mm -hmm. early in that game against the Panthers. The they were showing a zero pressure. You had a slow developing play. You had an Ohio pattern with Chris Olave going deep. And Jarvis Landry coming in underneath. Jarvis was wide open. The ball went to Chris Olave. And that's fine because Chris was open because everyone was open because it was a zero blitz and they had were man-to-man -man on everybody. And you had Mike Thomas running this kind of weird dig on the backside. That route should have been checked in just in case everybody came and you can't block it. Because 
The concept they had on the right side of the field was slow developing. And the only reason you got that ball out to Chris Olave was because they sent five and they, and three of the people who were showing pressure dropped out. Now they couldn't impact the play because they dropped into the middle of the field and there were no routes being run there. But if you're, you know, that's the first half you come back on the first drive of the second half, you get into the red zone. They show the same look and they saw you did not check the first time. So this time, what do they do? They send everybody. You can't pick them up. And then by the time you're getting, you have your back on the ground, no one's even looking for the football. And so those are the things that defenses are going to adjust to. And you have to make those adjustments yourself, right? If you checked and you, you could still throw to Chris Olave, but you have to make the check to get that quick hitter on the backside so that the, the defense knows that you at least saw what was going on and they have to be on, they, they have to stay honest. If they see you're not making the check, you beat them that one time, but they're going to adjust and, and you didn't adjust with them. So that's, you know, that, that's the thing. Like you can see the excuse we got caught in a slow developing play only works a couple of times because it's also your job to get out of the slow developing play before you get caught in it. And that's, that's what bothers me. It is the things that you don't fix that other teams are adjusting to, to make your life more difficult because, because you're not fixing them. And so that's my issue with Jameis Winston. For, for, for me with Jameis, it's always, it's that he seems dead set on pushing the ball down the field, no matter what's going on. I'm going to, I'm going to air it out. And it's still that whole, Buccaneers mentality of the risk it no biscuit are what you said well, with um you know the previous coach over there and it, it hasn't it hasn't obviously worked uh, I know that when P. Carmichael Jr. spoke today he put all the blame on himself for the offense having these slow starts and not being able to get into a rhythm but the mentality of Jameis along with his injury to me are the the huge factors in the the struggles for the offense right now I'll just start and say I got to do a better job. I know, um, you know, last week we felt we had a couple of good drives that stalled out with some penalties. And, and again, we're turning the ball over too much and uh, we're not converting on third down as, as well as we should be. So that starts with me. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, it is, it, you know, it is on the play call because you're putting him in these play calls. And if your quarterback is not making the adjustments at the line, then you have to make those adjustments for him pre, you know, in the huddle. Right. You you are on the headset. And if you are seeing something, you have to get him prepared for it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, maybe it's just, you know, you, you spent so long with Drew Brees that who was, who could diagnose a defense at a superhuman level. And you, yes. he did not need a coach to coach him in the, in the course of a play, right. In the course of the play call, getting the checks at the line, blah, blah, blah. I think with Jameis and with a lot of other quarterbacks, right? We used to see Jared Goff go up to the line and have Sean McVay in his headset telling him exactly what to do to the point that in the Super Bowl, the Patriots were able to shut them down by waiting until the headset turned off and changing their defense and forcing him to make the read at the line. He wasn't able to do it, right? And so, you know, that's something that you have to figure out as an offense coordinator. Now you still should, you you have to expect the quarterback to be able to do a better job than he has been doing. And that's another question, but there Pete Carmichael has blame in this too. Like it it is not just a Jameis thing. No. And you know, you could also look at some of the issues with the offensive line. I I don't, I don't really blame uh, the receivers and it's hard to put anything on the tight ends, but 
to me, the O-line, the quarterback, and the offensive coordinator, I guess you could lump all in together. No question. You know, before Okay, so before we, we cut this off and we bring on uh, Damian Zutani from the Inside Purple and Gold podcast, also from the St. Paul Pioneer Press covering the Vikings, I want to get to some of the other potential absences the Saints are going to be facing this week. What have you seen from guys like Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry? I know they signed Keith Kirkwood. He's on the practice squad, friend of the program, spent some time with the Panthers, I think, the last couple of seasons. You know, what have you seen from some of those guys who are dealing with injuries? Yeah, I was really surprised, actually, there was Keith Kirkwood. I was convinced that it was going to be Lil Jordan Humphrey coming back because I'm pretty sure that the Patriots ended up letting him go. Uh, but with... Uh, you talked about Jarvis Landry. We saw him back at practice. Still no sign of Michael Thomas. He's a guy that's missing uh, along the last two days, as well as quarterback Jameis Winston. And uh, I will say, too, another positive is the fact that Traquan Smith was limited Wednesday, still recovering from the, his concussion, but has apparently cleared the protocol and was a full go as well on Thursday. So it's not complete dire straits at the wide receiver position right now. But obviously with a guy like Michael Thomas not looking on track to play right now, missing two straight days with that foot injury uh, is not good. Uh, one thing I'll clean up, it couldn't have been Jalil Jordan Humphrey because Lil Jordan Humphrey is on the Patriots roster. He got cut at the end of training camp and then he got yeah. brought back on September. Ah, well, he got brought okay. back on the practice squad. Then he got elevated. He's on the roster. He's played the last two games. He has one catch for 11 yards. So unavailable. I think if, if he was a free agent, might've been the guy coming in. Because clearly they were just putting value on someone who knew the system because I think to some extent when you're bringing in a guy like that, the same way you saw with Latavius Murray, you want to make sure that they can be available <laughs> that week if you need them. Another thing interesting going back, to, sorry, back to the wide receiver group is, you know, we've seen uh, tight end Taysom Hill working with the quarterbacks. We also saw running back, not Kirk Merritt working with the wide receivers, but it was running back Alvin Kamara Working with the wide receiver group, another one that was left me and Todd Graffinini, who works with the, you know NewOrleansSaints.com, scratching our heads, going, "What is going on here? It just seems like bizarro world at practice right now." Yeah, that is interesting. I, I wonder if it's just a bodies thing, like you just need people to run the run the routes, right? You know, but and, yeah, that, and Kamara is not is still limited at practice with the rib injury as well. Maybe that's why he's not running with the backs. Seriously, maybe that's why, but. Interesting. So, okay, the other thing that we can talk about before we before we cut this segment off, it's Black Helmet Week. How have they looked? Have they looked sharp? Yeah, you know what? I wasn't a huge fan of them at first when they, they brought them out in the locker room that one day. And I kind of – I don't have a problem with the way they really looked. I didn't like the way that, I guess, the decal or the sticker was with the Fleur de Lee on top of the helmet. But it's something that doesn't really – distract you or uh it's even hard to notice i guess from a distance but to me that the black pants black jersey black helmet look uh is really fly it looks good uh it you know they kind of look a lot more menacing I, I think i tweeted that you know they're almost like the grim reaper or like an executioner kind of look to them uh the white jerseys with the the black helmets uh not too bad either and like I said, to me, at first, I had a problem with that Florida Lee decal on top of the helmet, and it does not distract or deter me as much as it did when I was looking at it up close. Definitely uh, looks a lot better from a distance. See, I, I'm still not a fan of it. 
it's not even about the Florida Lees. It's about the wide stripe. I don't like the wide stripe. Yeah. It's just, it's just distracting and it takes away from what would be a really clean look with just a black helmet. One thing to, to mention, so you, you mentioned it looks better with the black and the white, but they're going to be wearing the color rush jerseys. So it'll be the, the color rush jerseys with a black helmet, which I do think is a better look than it would be with kind of the white on white jerseys that they wear on the road a lot. Because I think the color rush kind of dynamics has worked better with it. It's going to be the white jerseys, white pants with the black helmet? Color rush, yeah. Okay. The offense has been practicing in black pants, white jerseys. So that's odd. Do you think they're going to be able to adjust? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea with this team right now what they're going to be able to adjust to. <laughs> I, think they'll, I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll be able to, to overcome that hurdle. One thing is they added another date for the black helmets. They're going to be wearing them apparently week 13 against the Bucks on Monday Night Football. Could, the, could it be reverse color rush instead of being the all white? Would it be all black? But no, it's definitely the white white on white combo with the black helmet. Yeah, there's only one color rush combo. It would be cool if they had a different color rush combo. But yeah, uh, the, the London fans are in for a treat. Yeah, except they're going to get the zombie Vikings. Uh, as we're going to talk about with Dane Mizutani coming up. Well, let's get to it. 